0: Nice football fans I think the Pats could take the conference this year I mean the Dolphins are overrated and the Jets are choke artists
1: I wouldn't say that mr. deeds just deeds
0: why is that though you only the Jets deeds I do whoa well,
1: that sucks <laughs> Podcast. By my estimation, uh, this is episode number 14. Ryan here, joined by Chuck. Chuck, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. We're on number 14? Episode number 14, sir. Golly,
0: man. That just gets me thinking. 14. 14 is a very unusual number. By meaning... Do what does it, the is, number 14 mean to you? 14 means to me... What kind of athletes wore number 14? Like, some of the greats. Like, I know, like, 12, you think of Tom Brady. 13, you think of Dan Marino. 15, yeah, I don't know what I think. We'll talk about that next week. But 14, there is a lot of great players, in my estimation, that wore 14. One that comes to mind is Pete Rose. You know, he was an all-time great baseball player. The spot being an all-time... Uh, you know, gambler as well came back, and bite him in the butt. If you don't know that story, basically Pete Rose back in the day, about the mid '80s, he was betting on in some of his games. Baseball found out about him, pretty much banned him for life, which I think is a bunch of ludicrous. There's a lot, lot. There's a lot worse
1: that people have done in, throughout sports. Yeah, but in baseball, of all sports, too, kind of the you, you can't. Bet on your own games. You know, great player, great coach. Hall of Fame player, by all means. You tw- may not ever get into the Hall of Fame, though, because he did gamble on games that he was coaching. Well, just,
0: just some quick stats. Uh, out of the 23 years he's played, 17, all, 17 All-Star appearances. Wow, that's a superstar right there. Another one I could think of is uh, Oscar Robertson, back in the 60s and 70s, man. One heck of a point guard. Uh, He won an MVP one year. He won a championship. Uh, Another good one. Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts. Probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the 70s and 80s. If you think about it, in the 70s, it was all about the Dallas Cowboys and the Steelers. So Dan Fouts really couldn't beat them. 80s kind of like turned. And, you know, it felt like in the early 80s, it felt like their time.
1: Speaking of great quarterbacks to wear 14 – uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, is he on you? your top 14? Jeez. What about Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick? The beard. Yeah, the beard. It's magic, man. He's Fitz a 14. It's magic. The beard. I don't know if you remember another famous, though, Bengal, uh, Ken Anderson.
0: Yeah, he was part of some bad Bengals team. He was like the only
1: bright 71 spot. to 86, a little before our time, but four Pro Bowls. Four Pro Bowls. Four Pro Bowls, one MVP okay okay so, Brad Johnson um, hey he got a, he's got a
0: ring he, that says a lot had to ride a run a game in a great defense but he got a ring Richard Todd the New York Jets okay okay that's that's another good one uh, uh there's another one out there
1: uh when another, you're talking about athletes though you know you talk Oscar Roberts and Ernie banks you know you, you've hit Ernie banks yeah some big big number 14s and this is a big episode, right, Chuck? 14 for us as well. We, we got all kinds of things. Yeah, we got, absolutely. I think the first thing we do need to talk about, it's been on our minds
0: all week. As you know, the Titans have currently been under this COVID attack, you know, over the weekend, we felt like, well, maybe it's time we can get a chance to get some football back next week. Then the weekend, I was like, Saturday, I think there was two. Sunday, there was one. And then I was just like, oh, crap. We could possibly be without another game. And I can't stand that. It can't be.
1: Yeah, it was weird. And it was weird watching the other games go down. Knowing the Titans should have been playing on Sunday, too. Um, You know, you hope that everybody's healthy is the first concern. But it it just makes it all weird. Plus, it makes you think, like, Has Pandora's box been opened here? And is the season eventually going to be in jeopardy? Because, you know, I wonder now, through the first couple weeks, it was like, oh, okay, this is working out. Yeah. Nothing really going down. But the first team, first little outbreak that we have here, and things start getting threatened, right? You know, they postponed uh, the Pittsburgh Titans game. They also had Cam Newton test positive. He didn't get to play last night. But they looked at testing everybody else and you thought that game might be in jeopardy. Uh, They had a Saints player test positive, then test negative, and they said it was a false positive, and there was no disruptions there. And now they're talking, even I heard today Adam Schefter saying that potentially after the investigation the NFL did in Nashville, they could be looking at sanctions or some kind of punishment for the Titans, including potential losses of draft picks and all kinds of other things. And I feel like the NFL may be trying to botch this thing with the first little case that we have, right? Right. first team that gets it.
0: And first of all, if you think, what have we done to deserve a harsh punishment? There's been actual footage of, for example, the Raiders went over the Saints. There was a locker room footage of everybody without masks, not practicing social distancing. Uh, The brawl between the... uh, the Giants and the Rams, I mean, over the weekend, just a big mosh pit of people on top of each other. I mean, for freaking crying out loud, if we lose draft picks over this, it's ludicrous. Absolutely yeah, ludicrous. They've
1: not said any punishment. They, we don't even know for sure that there will be one. But for him to say it the way that he did yeah. just a couple hours ago when I was seeing it on TV, I was like, how could they even consider it, right? Because, I mean, we're dealing with an unprecedented circumstance. when it comes to even playing football this year. And for the first team that it happens to, to to dish out punishment like that, I mean, maybe you're looking to set an example, but this is a bad time to set examples in ways like that.
0: I understand a fine, but draft picks, yeah, you're missing with a team's future.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if, if you can blatantly see that maybe, you know, Titans players, when they do an investigation, are just, you know, blatantly ignoring protocols and things like that, it's one thing. But you don't go in and set crazy examples right off the bat. I don't think cause we're going to no. deal with a lot worse situations than this. I, you know, I hope not. But I'm sure this isn't the first outbreak we're going to have this NFL season. And I hope that we have none. I hope that the season continues. We get all the way through it. Um, you know, as a, as a fan, as a human for everybody's health as far as that goes, and as a fantasy sports owner. You know, I'm looking out for all those things. Jeez it's going to be the weirdest fantasy it's football go, yeah. year ever. And then – in
0: Wisconsin today, which is where the Green Bay Packers play, they announced they will indefinitely suspend all fans from coming to Lambeau Field as they are aware that the hospital rates are going up as far as like patients and stuff coming. And the seems like some of the areas are getting worse in Wisconsin. So they're saying no fans probably for the rest of the year for the Green Bay Packers. So we'll see. But, Ryan, enough talk about COVID. All we got to know is if we make it tomorrow, if we go one more day of having no positives, then we're back in the facility getting ready for the Buffalo game this weekend.
1: I'm excited if it happens. Yeah, me too. Um, You know, I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, we're going to have a game this weekend against the Bills. Uh, Bills playing really good. Uh, it's going to be a tough game regardless of all the setbacks the Titans are dealing with. Agreed. But it's going to be something the teams are going to have to deal with this year.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And uh, we'll get more into that later. Uh, Ryan, let's go ahead and into the opening drive. Let's go right into it. Uh, is the NBA Finals fixing to get
1: started tonight by any chance? Is it going to get started? Is it started tonight? The uh, Yeah, the game is tonight uh, as far as game four and uh, we'll uh, we'll update as far as that goes. But, yeah, right now, L.A. up in that series 2-1. to one, We saw the game the other night where Jimmy Buckets ended up, you know, bleeding Miami to their first victory of the finals this year, 115-104. And he went off in that game. And after game two, it was one of – I think everybody pretty much assumed that it was probably going to be a sweep. Yeah, I think everybody, because they were already on
0: LeBron's case saying, well, he's got his ring, he's going to get his fourth ring, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, you can't count out anything. Now, I admit, before game three, I felt like Miami was already in the coffin and the Lakers were ready to close that coffin lid. But Jimmy Bucket
1: stuck his hand out, pulled it back open saying, not yet. Well, they played so well in game one. They did. It was such a tight contest. Game two, it it just looked like that L.A. was the more dominant team. But then game three comes. You're missing Drogic, You're missing Bam. You, You just think, look, okay, Miami had a good run. But Jimmy comes out, drops 40 points, 13 assists, 11 total rebounds. Those in two blocks, two steals on that stat line. And gets it done. 40 points, and, Chuck, he didn't have a single three-pointer to add to that. That's crazy
0: stats. That shows how much dominance he had on the inside of the paint there a little bit. He,
1: he went picked, in there and he took it to LeBron, man. Took yeah. Took it to that matchup. And uh, they're going to have to throw something different at him this next game for sure.
0: I laughed when, like, he made a jumper over LeBron and just kind of smirked at him. Because that's when you knew Jimmy Buckets was in the zone. He he knew he was in the zone. He was going to make sure that LeBron knew he was in the zone.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Well, and, and Anthony Davis didn't show up to the party in this one at all. Um, you know, you talk about him maybe being the, the best player on that team. A lot of people have been arguing that, right, over LeBron James. And, and that could be argued. But 15 points in this one, just not a great contest out there for him. Nope. The, the biggest stat line for me, though, he's – uh, the best rebounder on the team, you would think, five rebounds. LeBron James led the team with ten, uh, but five rebounds for Anthony Davis. He's not scoring. He's not rebounding. W- what's he doing out there, and what got into him in this game? Well, it looks like he was kind of
0: sleepwalking in this game a little bit. When you looked at him out there playing, you know, you didn't see that aggression that he had in the first two games. I mean, the first two games, he had 40 points. had like a triple-double every game he played in in, in the first two games. This game, it just looked like he was a little more lethargic, didn't look like he had the passion to win a championship. And it just go to show you you take a night
1: off, you get what you had in game three. Oh, yeah. And a player like that, that a lot of people argue may be the best player in the league, potentially definitely is one of the best players in the league. Uh, in a finals game, to have, a, when you look at the advanced statistics, minus 26 on that stat line for Anthony Davis. Not a good look, man. They're going to need a lot more help. Uh, That match, Contavious Caldwell-Pope for the worst for the Lakers. Neither one of those guys getting much done. And LeBron in this one, you know, look, he was 9 of 16, 25 points. Uh, I I mentioned he did have the 10 rebounds, 8 assists, so he almost had a triple-double. Not enough to get him through it. And uh, I'm interested to see how tonight's matchup goes. If Miami can even this series up, man, look. They get those guys healthy, get a little momentum going. Basketball's one of those games that, you yeah. know But when it all when it's all said and done, a lot of times that talent's gonna prevail. I still expect LA to win this.
0: I can't I do too, but it's gonna be I think this is the most important game. I mean, obviously, I mean this could piv this can be a pivotal game for Miami if they win, tie it two to two, and it's a whole different ball game from there on in you got to play in the factor we've said it this entire time no home court nothing to help sway the momentum it's about your play on the court at this point so when you have that you've got Miami who really came out and blew the doors out game 3 and if they do that again in game 4 i'm not so sure if Miami will win this thing and i mean and and if let's just say if they don't What's that going to do to LeBron's legacy at that point? I mean, it, I mean, he's been to the finals, what, 10 times? And if you come away without another ring, you're only winning three of 10. That's like almost
1: 20% success rate. Just being there that many times is pretty impressive regardless. Yeah. But That's uh, I still fully prize. expect LA to probably pull this thing out. I'm not doubting Jimmy G, though. Right, Chuck, after game three. No, I mean, Jimmy G is going
0: to do what he's got to do. Not Jimmy G, Jimmy Buckets. Did I say Jimmy G? You said Jimmy G.
1: Oh, man. Wow. Wait, wait a minute. You had a Chuckism. Chuckism. Ryanism.
0: Ryanism. Very nice. Very nice. But uh, we talked about last week Doc Rivers going to the 76ers, and we got details on the deal. It's a five year deal, so that's going to be pivotal. You know, he goes back to the Eastern Conference. And he's going to be playing his old. Uh, he's going to be playing against his old ball club, the Boston Celtics. So that's going to probably be a matchup to watch next year. Uh, the Seventy Sixers. What are they going to do in the off season? Are they going to get some pieces? Are they going to draft good? We'll see. But you, they've already got a good start with a good coach with Doc Rivers. So we'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I don't know what to think of that signing. Um... It was pretty obvious, I think, as soon as you heard that the two sides might be talking. Like, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense that he might go there. Obviously, they're not going to split those two players up, I don't think. But having Doc Rivers there, it's a name to bring in some guys um, to, to fill that roster out. And he's a proven guy, right? He knows how to win. He's been to championships. He's won championships. I mean, he was a player once in the NBA.
0: So, I mean, he's been there and done that. A true I mean, he's a true competitor on that court as well when Absolutely. he's on the sidelines. But uh with that being said, with the season almost being over, we've got some potential free agents that could be on the move. So Ryan, I'm gonna present these players to you and I'm gonna give and I want to hear your thoughts where they're gonna go or they're gonna stay. So let's talk about Toronto Raptors. They've got quite a bit coming up.
1: Marcus, an old Memphis Grizzly, where's he gonna go? Is he staying or going? One of my favorite Grizzlies of all time, Mark Gasol. You know, I'm not sure, um, as far as Mark, what he's got. He, he, he's going to want to go win a ring, right? So, I mean, he'll, right. he'll probably have plenty of suitors. I think Toronto will probably bring back most of their folks. Now, like, when you look at who they may have, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Fleet coming up there, too. I, ex- I would think, not being an expert or anybody that really is in the know on that kind of thing, but just as an outsider looking in, I would expect Toronto to try to keep all those guys, right? Absolutely. Try to make a run back because, like, who are they going to go out there and sign to replace what they did this year? You know There's what I mean? not like, really – got to bring somebody in because you got to try to get over that hump. But I would think they're going to try to re-sign most of these guys. The, the most likely to leave, I would think, would be Mark Gasol. But they gave up a lot to bring him there. Yeah, they gave up a draft pick
0: and, and a couple of players, too, to get him.
1: Valachunas.
0: Yeah. So, I mean – We'll see. I would like to see him return to Memphis, but I think that's out of the question. He, I mean, he's been there and done that. That would be cool. Sergi Baca, I could see out of all of them him going somewhere else possibly. Uh, if I'm the Raptors, of all costs, I keep uh, Fred Van Fleet. you got to keep that cat.
1: I think he's key for him, and He's a fan favorite in Toronto.
0: He is. I think they, they'll keep him. Let's go to Boston. The only notable player that I know of is Gordon Hayward. He's kind of had an up-and-down uh tenure in Boston Boston's got a lot of talent so they could probably say go ahead and take your player option go somewhere else with that player option he
1: has a choice to stay or go so Ryan what do you think he's going to do I think he opts in I think he I think he stays and gets paid um I think he'll want to stick by his guy Brad Stevens too right and that's a Pretty talented team. I think he adds a lot to it. There's, he disappears at times, though, right? You saw that in the playoffs this past season, uh, the, this past playoffs, uh, the, the last series, That, as a matter of fact. And it's like he would come out and he would just – he sparked that team when he first came back, and then he kind of disappeared going forward. Uh, and he had that sweet mustache going on here late oh, yeah, in the season, yeah, yeah. too. That was pretty sweet. But I expect him to go back to Boston. I mean, the smart money would say to go back, you know, stick
0: with your guns and stick with your coach that you got and the players that you got around you, you probably will not get that anywhere else in the NBA. Yeah. Very good. It's a
1: loaded team and it's going to be for a while.
0: So, yeah, I think he'll stay. Um, Let's go to San Antonio. I did not know DeMar DeRozan was up.
1: Yeah, DeMar DeRozan has a player option too. Another one that you, you don't really know how he's feeling about it. Um, It probably just depends on, you know, some of the guys around him there too. And what's going on in San Antonio, right? It's not like, well, I don't see them competing anytime soon unless somebody wants to come there to play. I think DeMar DeRozan could be on the move for sure. And who knows, maybe he goes to, to the Lakers. That's a possibility. He could go I mean, he could go to contender. I mean he was a USC guy. He's a California kid, right? So right. I would think that he probably wants to go somewhere out there. You Clips? Know? Either I mean, one of those. What if he went to go I don't think he would fit at all though. Like imagine adding him to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. No, what's the point? They need something other than that exact position. Here's one for you.
0: The Golden State Warriors. Hey, that could be a good one. That could be a good one. I mean, I mean, Clay Thompson and Curry are expected to be back by next year, obviously. But And I'm sure he'd
1: prefer to go to any of those contenders.
0: Yes. And, I mean, in the twilight of his career right now, I believe he's going to hunt for a team that can get him a ring at this point.
1: I mean, he's, what, a 10-, 11-year vet. He's still in the prime of his career. Well, I mean, Rose yeah. Rosen got a ways ahead of him. Uh, it's a good pickup as far as that goes for anybody that, that that were to be able to swing that. Right. Um. You know, look, as a Grizzlies fan, if there was a way we could bring him into that young core that we have here, I'm all for it. With that being said, not going to happen. Right. Hey, he's going to go to a contender. I could see, you know, you never know. He could go there and he could pair up with uh, AD and LeBron. Could be. I mean, I could see him possibly go to New Orleans.
0: Maybe that'd be a good fit for him down there. I mean, uh, you know. I mean, with you know, with a good core talent, young talent that he got. Speaking of New Orleans, this is one is a big one too, but it's kind of restricted. Meaning, I think they've got to uh, meet. I think it's like if the team tries to sign him, then New Orleans has a chance to sign him. That is Brandon Ingram, who had a great year. I mean to me he was one of the comeback player of the year nearly won it Ryan do you see the New Orleans New, the New Orleans keeping
1: Brandon Ingram I think so most improved player of the year Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I think they'll probably reach an agreement some kind of extension there yeah. keep him around cuz that's one of the biggest pieces that they had one of the only guys that really consistently got it done for him this year. Yeah, I agree,
0: and uh, he's probably the second best player on the team right now. You know, alongside Zion. And your smart money bet, even if a team tries to sign him, you match it and keep him. You yeah, I think it. he stays there. Stays there, absolutely. Let's go to baseball. We had the break. We'll talk about the Braves. The Braves had a game today, game one of their playoff matchup against a division opponent, the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins came out a little bit early, about. 4 or 5 innings early had a lead on them i think it was like 42 43 and then all of a sudden Brian the bats of the Braves came
1: alive and got just it done 9 and to 5 Braves they over the Marlins they flayed the Marlins you got that right Chuck they they got hot the bats definitely got hot you had Azuna Acuña Darno i mean uh, Swanson even get out in the action too, smashing homers. Uh, the bats they they were hitting dingers all over the park. Got things going, and, and we got enough out of Freed who looked excellent out there on the mound.
0: Still MVP in my eyes. I yeah. think he's I think he's a good NL MVP right now.
1: Because I've been seeing the tag. Are you talking about Freeman now? Yeah. Freddie Freeman definitely got my MVP. Yeah, vote. I thought that's I don't really have an MVP man. vote, but. He should get anybody out there that does.
0: And they call it MP free,
1: MP free. I like that. I so like that. I'll
0: take it. I like it.
1: But yeah, Braves getting it done today, nine to five over the Marlins. Currently, uh, you got the Yankees down as we speak in that one, down five to one.
0: Yeah. So I mean, the Yankees came out and pummeled the Rays, and I think a lot of fans expected that. So, the Rays need this game to kind of like even the playing field. So, if they get a good sound win, we could see an easy um, level game. And also, the Astros got game two today. So, it makes me wonder. How are they cheating to get this
1: win? Yeah, what kind of method are they using this year? You think? I think they're using something with the car. Boards. They've eliminated the, the the buzzers. They've you would think have eliminated the, the the trash cans, right? Yeah. You can hear a lot more in the stadiums nowadays. Probably a lot harder to do that one. But without all those fans and stuff, you who knows what kind of uh, cheating methods they got going on? Uh, who knows?
0: And then later tonight we'll get the San Diego Padres versus the LA
1: Dodgers. So that'd be a good matchup. matchup too. I can't wait for that one. So you got Bueller on the mound here for uh, LA versus Clevenger over there, San Diego. Pitching matchup right there that, that, look, any baseball fan drools over. Exactly, they
0: do. So, Ryan, just just a quick one. As of right now, which team do you want the
1: Braves to face, the Pods or the Dodges? I mean, either one of those. Pick your poison, right? right. Pick your poison. I would think. That's a tough one, right? Probably the Padres. How could you not say the Padres over the Dodgers? Oh, yeah. As, as powerful the bats have been for both teams, that would
0: be a sl- literally a slugfest. It would be fun to watch. Uh, but, I mean, not to say that the Dodgers wouldn't be fun to watch. I mean, you got two of baseball's best right there, in my opinion, going at it for a chance to go to the World Series. So either matchup would be fun, fun to watch. So, um, with baseball in the books let's talk some college football we had second week of SEC action we'll also talk about also some other games that were played so hold on Ryan I'm gonna pause you right there strike up the music boys all right thank you very much so we'll go ahead and roll with some SEC week two scores we had Bama and Texas A&M play over the weekend. Bama rose Jimbo and the Aggies. The score was 52 to 24 Alabama. So the Aggies fall one and one and not looking good, but Bama rose to 2 and 0. You have Florida and South Carolina. Trask four TDs. Lift the Gators over the Gamecocks as Florida wins 34 to t- 38 to 24, excuse me. Then you had probably the matchup of the weekend, but it was a snooze fest as far as the score goes. The Georgia Bulldogs faced off with the Auburn Tigers. The Dogs ran all over Auburn with 202 total rushing yards. The final score of that game, 27-6 UGA. So the, the Dogs continue their top five dominance, and Auburn falls to 1-1. One The Lane Train visited Lexington, Kentucky as they played the Wildcats. And Lane Kiffin gets his first win as an SEC coach. As the Rebels outlasted the Wildcats in overtime, the final score in that game, Ole Miss 42, UK 41. The Mississippi State Bulldogs came in with high motivation as they beat LSU last week. Well, Arkansas has some different things in mind. The Arkansas Razorbacks hogtie that air-raid offense of Mississippi State and get their first SCC win since 2017. The final score of that game, Arkansas 21, Mississippi State 14. Then we had Missouri go up to Neyland Stadium in Knoxville to play the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee rolled up 230 rushing yards to help run circles around the Tigers. As Tennessee won, Thirty-five to twelve over Missouri. Coach O and LSU needed to look for some redemption, so they went to Nashville to go get it. As they get a big bounce dub over the over the Vanderbilt Commodores, LSU forty-one, Vandy seven, and some other notable games. The Oklahoma Sooners were looking for a little redemption after losing to Kansas State. Well, they didn't get it this week, as as the Sooners lost back-to-back conference games and lost to the Iowa State Cyclones, 37-30. to Stunner. Fun fact, Ryan. This is the first back-to-back loss in conference for the Oklahoma Sooners since 1999. Wow. Since Bob Stoops came into the fold. That's a long time ago.
1: It's been a minute.
0: It's been a minute. But here it goes even longer. The first loss in Ames, Iowa – Since 1960, they had a 24-game winning streak in Ames Isle, which is the home field of the Iowa State Cyclones, and it snapped over the weekend. So, apparently, the Sooners have got to fix it. Well, they'll be facing this opponent next week. The Texas Longhorn came in as the last shining hope for Big 12 as far as national titles go. Well, Gary Patterson, a.k.a. the Tennessee Tech alum, had some different things in mind as Gary Patterson and the TCU Horn Frogs shocked the Texas Longhorns in, te- in Austin. The final score of that one, TCU 33, Texas 31. So, Ryan, what was your takeaway of the college football weekend this weekend?
1: My takeaway, well, I predicted that Auburn would beat Georgia because I – vastly overrated Auburn, Um, Georgia rolled all over those guys. And uh, my main takeaway, I have no idea what I'm talking about when I'm picking these matches uh, so early on right now. I think a lot of things still sorting themselves out with these teams, especially uh, the teams like Georgia figuring things out with a lot of turnover last year and things like that. Exactly. But it's still a little bit early. You're starting to see, though, a lot of the contenders, uh, and, and Florida not missing a beat at all. Seeing Kadarius Toney get more involved this week. Pitts. That was tremendous for me. Pitts is a, playing a pivotal role there for him, too. And probably going to be a, you would think, first-round pick, you would, you know, as far as uh, NFL draft goes. But Kadarius Toney, he's one of those guys, like as a Florida fan, you're like, please get this guy more involved. Because if you've seen glimpses of him, He's a hell of an athlete, one of the best athletes in the nation. And you got to see that as he juked out like five defenders on the way to that touchdown the other day Um, and and just playing well. But Trask keeping things going with the four touchdowns, looking good. I'm just loving having college football and watching these SEC matchups. I was also uh, real surprised by the Leach thing, seeing uh, them go down in week two, especially against Arkansas. But look, man, that's the parody of the SEC. Exactly. Here's a fun fact for you, and you're going to love this fun fact. As you
0: know, Trask is on a pretty good pace right now. How good a pace? Well, he's got 10 touchdowns and only one interception. The last quarterback of Florida to have that kind of numbers in two weeks, Tim Tebow his sophomore year and won the Heisman Trophy that year.
1: That's high praise right there. That is. So I figure you like that little goal. Maybe the greatest college football player ever. Well, I got to feel like this
0: weekend was fun. I think we're starting to see some of the contenders really starting to separate themselves as far as uh, Bama and Florida goes. But we're also going to see a lot as far as, like, like Tennessee. We're going to see what they're all about. Because they got to play Georgia. They got to go to Athens. And you know Athens is going to try to pack that stadium as much as they can because it's a rivalry game and it's a big game. Uh, and we're going to see a lot, like Coach um, – uh, LSU bounce back, but uh, in the
1: next week or two, we're going to know what they're all about because they got to go to Florida in two weeks. Yeah, there's no getting around it, right? There's no easy schedule. There's in no a ten easy, game SEC schedule. There is no easy way out in the SEC. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? You've heard that a million times, and all right. We're going to see. You think Tennessee has a chance against Georgia this week? I absolutely,
0: do, and I'll be glad to get into it when we get to uh, the week three uh, odds, uh, Ryan. That was me for college football. What you got for the NFL? Let's go over the NFL
1: recap for week number four. NFL week four. The only thing that could slow down the Titans this week, and the Steelers for that matter, COVID. That matchup pushed back to week seven now, and we'll see how everything unfolds there. The Broncos grounded the Jets on Thursday night, Denver 37, New York 28. Bit of a snooze fest in that one. The Colts trapped the Bears, and Phil Rivers trash-talked that Chicago defense all game. And like Will Smith, Phil don't have to cuss in his raps to sell records. (laughs) Fun fact, this matchup, the Colts and the Bears, has decided the election the last four times they matched up prior to this one. Uh, In 2004, the Colts won, George Bush won. 2008, the Bears won, Obama won. Same thing in 2012, Bears-Obama. 2016, the Colts won this matchup. Donald Trump was elected, and uh, we know what happened. The Colts might have locked up four more years of Trump. Indy, 19, Chicago, 11. Trump, 2020. Teddy, two gloves, and the Panthers' defense took down the Cards. Carolina, 31, Arizona. 21, Lamar and the Ravens ran all over the R words, Baltimore 31, Washington 17, Brady and company got it done against a feisty young Chargers team and they're impressing me, Tampa Bay 38, LA 31, Russell Danger Wilson pushed the Dolphins one game closer to Tua, Seattle 31, Miami 23. The Vikings had Deshaun Watson running for his life all game. He's something that he's, quite frankly, getting used to. I feel bad for the guy. Minnesota 31, Houston 23. Things were easy, breezy for the Saints as they tamed the Lions this week. New Orleans 35, Detroit 29. Odell Beckham shat all over the Cowboys secondary this past Sunday. All puns fully intended. Normally, he pays extra for that type of treatment, Chuck. Cleveland, 49. Dallas, 38. (laughs) Joe Burrow got his first win in a catfight. Bengals, Jags, Cincy, 33. Jacksonville, 25. The Rams, surprisingly, barely squeaked by the Giants and held a mini wrestling match between Jalen and Golden Tate during the postgame. I wouldn't call that a wrestling match. I'd call that a throw down. Um but in that one, LA 17 the Giants 9. Josh Allen and the Bills get things done over Gruden's Raiders, Buffalo 30, Vegas 23. The Eagles took it to well what's left of the 49ers on Sunday night. Philly 25, San Fran 20. The Chiefs pull away from the Camless Patriots. Kansas City 26, New England 10, and then A-Rodge. Four touchdowns. He lifted the Packers over the Falcons. Three of those go into a tight end. I can't even remember his name. The Falcons fall to 0-4 for the first time since 99, Green Bay 30, Atlanta 16. Wow. So my takeaways for
0: this week. I want to start with the Jalen and Golden Tate
1: scuff. Yeah, we mentioned that, right? And then it gets a little bit deeper, as we talked about earlier, right? Yeah, it does. Um, From what I have heard on Twitter, on radio,
0: that this was just not your ordinary post-game brawl, man. This wasn't your ordinary fight. There's a little bit of history, a little bit of beef involved. Oh, a little bit of history involved, indeed. Uh, From what I am told, um, Jalen Ramsey is currently has kids with uh, Golden Tate's sister. Are they married by any chance? I'm not sure. But anyways, there's his family history there. And apparently, I guess, Jalen Ramsey has hooked up with, like, I don't know, a call girl or something. And Golden Tate is totally sour grapes about it. So you could just see the animosity of that game And it just came to a gigantic boil over in the end. But, man, that was wild. I'll tell you another wild game, the Cleveland and Dallas game. I mean, literally, the defensive secondary for Dallas is like toilet paper. Literally, like the thinnest, cheap, dollar store toilet paper you could get. That one-ply trash. Yeah, it's done. Like, I, I think one drip, you rip through it. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> one the one trip. That sounds disgusting. Ed, I know. but
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you've seen historic numbers getting put up by Dak down there in Dallas. And, you know, it's a lot for, for nothing right now because... No dubs. They've won one game and they could very well be 0-4 right now if it wasn't for a ridiculous comeback and an Atlanta team that doesn't know how to jump on an onside kick. Exactly. So if it wasn't for that, they'd be 0-4 right now. But, man, Dak is, look, respect to that guy. He's going to get paid for real yeah. when, they, when he finally gets that contract. If it's not Jerry Jones, then Jerry Jones is messing up because, look, this guy's proven he's getting, he can get it done. But the defense has got to figure something out because, uh, I mean, it's, you're going to have a historically great offense and a historically bad defense, and things aren't going to work out well for you.
0: No, it's not. And then also you look at a, what uh, Aaron Rodgers is doing with the talent that he has. He's a true all-star. He's a true, absolute, carry-your-team quarterback.
1: I don't think – I never doubted it. I mean, you hear a lot of people that that are down downing the guy. They try to be the guy that gets it right. You know, if you just keep predicting year after year, hey, he's going to have a down year. Eventually, you're going to be right. Right. Aaron Rodgers took a shot at some of the folks in the media this week. I saw where he had mentioned something like, look, guys, even my down years are a lot – he said a a bad quarterback would take – my down years as a career year. You know, basically saying, like, you know, even my bad years that's are pretty facts, damn bro. good.
0: That's facts. That's, I mean,
1: that's absolutely right. I
0: mean, I would, I mean, it's just, it just, it's solidifying him more that they're saying, hey, no matter what you put around me, I'm still going to ball. He's not thrown a single interception, a single. Interception
1: Having Aaron Jones has been huge for Jamal, Aaron Rodgers. Jamal Williams. He's playing good, too. Yeah. But he does, when he gets his whole arsenal back, uh, this team could be pretty scary. Deadly. Deadly.
0: And the defense, let's not forget about the Green Bay's
1: defense playing well. They're getting done.
0: And then also, like you said, Deshaun Watson running all over the place. Well, I'll tell you where the Texans are also running out. They're running out Bill O'Brien. Texas, Texans finally pulled the trigger. On Bill O'Brien's firing. So he's out as coach and he's out as GM. But he has set back that franchise so much. I mean, think about it. They're thinking, oh, we're 0-4. We can get a good draft pick. What draft pick? They're he, gone. They he's traded your first and he's traded your second. Miami is going to relish. I think that's the I think it's the trade. Yeah, because they got Laramie Tunsell. From that from that trade. So Miami's going to be relishing when you're shutting down for the year and you're like number two pick, guess who's going to be there? Miami's going to be there.
1: Yeah, Bill O'Brien, um, he got to stick around longer than I guess I thought he would after the past couple of seasons. And some of the bonehead moves he made as a GM and as a head coach. Nuke did it for me. The DeAndre Hopkins
0: trade did it for me. I was like, what are you doing It at didn't make morning? any sense. No, it did not. And and then
1: look at look at what Nuke's doing in Arizona. He's putting up stellar numbers as he always you know, does. Not as much this past week, but that Arizona offense. I think a lot of people are figuring out maybe was a little bit overrated coming into the season because of how fun you yeah. know it is when on paper. But you know they can still get get it back together. But I don't know, man. The Arizona. I don't know they're necessarily going to be one of the greater teams in the league this year? I don't think so either. I think we're starting to see
0: the 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 men and the boys starting to separate themselves out in the NFC West. Obviously, you know, the Seahawks are going to be good. I think it's right now between the Rams and the Seahawks. The 49ers are too injury depleted. I think they'll still compete, but – i sure they
1: will, but they're going to need some guys to come back, including uh, their guy there, Jimmy G.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we're starting to see that separation a little bit starting to happen, and we're starting to see the real Arizona start to really show up a little bit, you know. But uh, also, fantasy football, Yahoo Fantasy Football, fumbled their lat first COVID case with the Titans and Steelers game.
1: Yeah, my thoughts on that one. Um, you struggled, I know, in at least one league where you had a decent amount of Titans and Steelers um, on that team for whatever reason that you ended up having to maneuver around. And, and the big issue here, I think ESPN had some bit of a plan in place. They were similar to this, though, to where you couldn't take a player that was missing this week because of COVID because of the two postponements You couldn't put them on an IR spot because of COVID, because of the designation they put on them. Right. You basically just had to treat it as an early bye week, which put a lot of people in a tight spot. Oh, it was. And what happens when something like this happens to multiple teams or multiple matchups? They're going to have to figure it out from there. Why in the world would you not be able to use an IR spot, just especially this year, where a lot of leagues, including mine and yours, where we've added – extra IR spots to account for this kind of thing.
0: Well, it's just, I had eight. Oh, like you were talking about with me, I had eight players on quote-unquote bye weeks, and I really had to do some waiver wire hunting. I had to really, and it, and I don't think it would have mattered because the opponent I played blew me out because he had Joe Mixon and, and George Kittle, and, yeah. and they both went off, so went it off. didn't matter. But, I mean, I did fair enough to keep up, but... As far as that goes, I think they really fumbled as far as like trying to letting fantasy players figure out what they need to do. I think they need to create and add that on that list. If if a team gets postponed, you have to. You
1: I just think, to. look, if there's an illness or a, a virus in this case, in the middle of a pandemic that gets involved and forces that team to have to postpone a game. Um, that's what you should be able to use those IR spots for. Exactly. I mean, I could. I mean, I thought I was going to have to make some tough decisions. Well, that's what a, a lot of people were probably, you know, in that same boat. And it's something you shouldn't have to do in a year that you're going to need all the depth you can get on your fantasy team, too. You know, look, in, in the grand scheme of things, our fantasy teams very small importance, but for the guys that govern this thing, you got to make better decisions than that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they.
0: I think they came out and tweeted saying well, they're not technically on the COVID list. And I was like, it doesn't matter. They're shut down for the week.
1: Because of COVID.
0: And, yeah. I mean, and then they said, well, we're treating it as a bye week. I was like, how does that make sense? And then when they came back and said, well, they'll be playing on their bye week that they were supposed to be on. So, either way, they got to have a bye week. It don't make sense. So, I wonder if it happens again. Like, say, I hope, I prayed, I hope... I'm not saying this to jinx them. What if it happens again when the Titans
1: like a couple weeks down the road? It's going to happen to another team. It's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. They're going to have to And they're going to gonna have to deal with it. And they're going to have to figure it out. And hopefully they do a better job than what they did here. Well, When it comes to fantasy football, exactly. also when it comes to just dealing with it in, in, in general, how many games can be postponed? How many bye weeks? What happens if it happens, uh, like you mentioned, to a team twice and they've already pushed back through a bye week? You know, it's uncharted Waters, as far as that goes, some folks across the league, you heard, wanted to shut things down for about two weeks, postpone the season altogether and figure it out and, like, take them to bubble sites or something, try to figure some kind of solution out like that. I just don't think it's viable. No, it's not viable. I mean, it's a little bit ridiculous at this point.
0: You had a plan in place, and I think the first time that we had a breakout, all fantasy leagues, including Yahoo, which I have hitched my wagons to, Like, my 20 years of my life fumbled big time. Fumbled big time. I agree with that one. So, let's stick with fantasy for a little bit. It's time for our studs and duds of week four. Ryan, I'll give you the honors.
1: I'll let you uh, be flexing with those studs over Start with the good news, huh? Let's do it. The good news when it comes to fantasy studs. And a guy I recently acquired in a trade uh, within the past couple of weeks, Odell Beckham. I've got him in a couple of leagues. He went off this week. In that one particular league, I actually have him and Landry last second. Flip-flopped him. I didn't want to start them both this week, even though I could have and probably should have. But Odell Beckham, two rushes, 73 yards and a touchdown on the ground, which you heard that right, rushing, because he did have the one late that was just awesome. But uh, he, he looked just tremendous and fast all game. Five receptions, 81 yards, two touchdowns. One of those that came from Landry. That play, beautiful. And he said uh, after the game, Odell said that it reminded him of their days back in college just throwing the ball around uh, as far as that goes. When he said he saw Landry step back, and a lefty too, man. What a what a bomb he threw. It zipped it, man. Shoo, threw a laser to him, and uh, gadget plays, man. That that just makes it fun, especially when you see that stuff work. It, it is. It was fun.
0: Um, and like you said, he added the light, uh, big rushing touchdown
1: And the big yards, just to put a little cream on top of it. I mean, he just went to show folks, look, this is why they paid the price they did for me. Odell Beckham's a hell of a talent. One of the best receivers in the league. Yeah. A little bit, you know, hard to handle in the locker room sometimes. A little bit drama queenish, but his talent speaks for itself. And maybe we're going to see this Browns team continue to make strides. Number two on my list, George Kittle. He was a man amongst boys in that matchup. 15 receptions, 185 yards, and a touchdown. And it looked like he did more damage than that. God, I mean, as you know, he's a big wrestling fan. So, I mean, he had an ultimate warrior-like moment this week, just tearing up the Eagles' defense. Shoving man. people out of his way. And he was, uh, who was throwing the ball, Nick Mullins? Nick Mullins, man. He was finding him and finding him early. 15 receptions. That's a huge number alone, turning into 185 and a touchdown. George Kittle went off for fantasy owners that started him coming back off of injury last week. Number three on my list, Joe Mixon, and he had a week as well. 25 carries, got to carry the load there for Cincinnati. 151 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Also added, six receptions, caught every ball thrown his way, 30 yards and a touchdown. What
0: a PPR day.
1: I mean, he went off. Helped out a lot of fantasy owners and helped out a rookie quarterback get his first NFL win. Yeah. Winning's fun. Winning's fun. That's what he said. He got back on social media to say, hey, I like that. It's so fun. Number four on my list, fantasy studs. Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 130 yards and two touchdowns as Minnesota got their first win of the season.
0: Yeah, they did. And I think Dalvin Cook has been consistently,
1: of all the running backs right now, a stud. He's definitely tearing it up. Absolutely. And number five, Amari Cooper. And a losing effort down there in Dallas. The offense, not the problem. Uh, there's been some turnover issues, but Amari Cooper shined in this one. Twelve receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. Talk about PPR. Pretty good stat line right there for Amari Cooper.
0: Pretty awesome stat line. And just to add on, like if you had any, basically any offensive player of Dallas, you did pretty good. I mean, look at Dak, 502 yards. And, you know, Zeke had his moments on the ground, running 100 yards almost. And then Cooper, 134 yards. C.D. Lamb, two scores, man. I mean, if you had any of those players, you had a great weekend. I mean, it's not about wins and losses on the scoreboard necessarily. It's about that stat, and they had it big.
1: Especially when you're talking about fantasy football. Absolutely. sticking with that, what about the duds of the week, Chuck? Who do you have on that list? All
0: right, I got my turds of the week. Here we go. Uh, Number one. I had these in my list, these three players, but since they're on the same team, I'm just going to combine them. I call this the Falcons three. Uh, These three guys are usually put up great numbers. Ryan, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. These three guys are usually fantasy all-stars. Well, Matt Ryan had barely 300 yards passing, zero scores, and a pick. Mm. And – and then you had Julio Jones, who is known to be a monster. Four catches, 32 yards. And here's a devastating stat that people had on Calvin Ridley. And a lot of people have been counting on this guy here lately, especially when Julio Jones has been out. Big goose egg across the board. Not even one catch.
1: Yeah, Jair Alexander on the other side matched up with him. All, all night, shut him down. Yeah, he put he put him... He put the fantasy owners
0: in to sleep as far as Calvin Ridley owners. So, what a dud. What a turd right there. Number two, Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is fixing to catch up with this guy. Kenyon Drake had 35 rushing yards, zero touchdowns, and not targeted one time in the passing game. Very concerning in an
1: offense that likes to pass the ball a lot. He was drafted very high, and he was a keeper uh, in at least one league that I'm in. So, yeah, there's that. Number three,
0: Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, you know, has had some pretty good weeks so far. I think the last two weeks he was phenomenal. Uh, this week had a juicy matchup against the Miami Dolphins, you know, still a learning secondary, but with the offense with, led by Danger Wilson and uh, DJ Metcalf, uh, uh, Kason You figure Tyler Lockett would get his usual numbers. That's a big negative, Ghost Rider.
1: Two catches, 39 yards, zero touchdowns. Nobody's benching Tyler Lockett in any leagues, though. I mean, you're going to see a stat line like that maybe every once in a while. Typically, he's a performer week in and week out. They just simply didn't need him in this matchup. Well, I think it goes to show that you can't always depend
0: on the matchups. Like, you see Miami, I think it was, like, number two. Oh, you think they're going to go off. Yeah, that's what you you kind of bake on is those matchups. It goes to show you, you can't always do that. So, number four, Zach Ertz. Man, if you had Zach Ertz, you were hurting.
1: You got Hur- anybody on that offense, probably hurting.
0: Yeah, you're probably hurting. So, Ertz had four catches. All right. Nine yards. Mm. Four catches, nine yards. Well, they say, well maybe you got to score. Zero touchdowns. But he did get a two-point conversion, but what's two points to a touchdown?
1: That happens when you're the best target on the field and you play tight end. And you're the best target on the field by a long shot. By a long shot. So we're going to keep with the tight ends. Um,
0: Travis Kelsey, known to be a machine on that uh, uh, Kansas City offense, but I think it was because of the matchup with the New England Patriots. But anyways, he had three catches, 70 yards, no touchdown. But – I think the matchup was there because I think, you know, as you know, Bill Belichick plans accordingly to any weapon of the NFL. And you've got to look at it from a standpoint. Maybe that, but as a star caliber player that you are at tight end, like Travis Kelsey, probably the best tight end in the game, along with Kittle, you got to put up numbers.
1: Got you expect to. them. you got 70 yards, so you got at least, what, seven points? Uh, you know, probably at least 10 in PPRs. So that's not much. That's not what Better you, than you count, count on. from some uh, at the tight end position. But, uh, you know, they, again, just simply didn't need him playing in New England without Cam, I guess.
0: Uh, absolutely. But it just goes to show you, I mean, you're drafting this guy in the first round. You expect more than 10 points.
1: I'm not drafting in the first round. Uh, There's not a tight idiots. end out there that I'm not going first you round get on. You idiots do that, though. Plenty of people, though, definitely either kept or went, uh, you know, first round on Kelsey. As a matter of fact, if you have Kelsey, he is definitely a keeper. Yeah,
0: he's definitely a keeper for sure. But uh, if I'm an owner, I'm expecting more than 10 points out of this cat.
1: For sure. But Any you know what?
0: matchup. It don't matter. He's matchup proof to me. An offense that spreads the ball around and the ball goes to him a lot. So I expect more out of him. We've reached the end of the first quarter of the season. Did you know that, Ryan? So, I, I did know that. So first quarter is in the books of the NFL season. You know, we had some shaky starts as far as, like, the COVID thing, but it seems like the show is going on. So let's give out the Ryan and Chuck Awards, if you will, of the first quarter. Let's start with the best team. The Ryan, I'll give you the first dibs.
1: Best team of the first quarter so far. The best team of the first quarter. I, I think we probably agree on this one, but uh, Seattle, I would think the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe even the Green Bay Packers could be in that conversation too, just the balance that you see overall. Uh, but if I had to pick one team, I would say the Seahawks. All right, I'm with you there. Uh, the Seahawks, I think, are currently the best team.
0: You can't count out KC as well. I mean, you know, they're going to give you – you know what you expect. But as far Absolutely. As, but you as far as, like, your domination players like uh, Russell, also Car- uh, Kaysen, Lockett, DJ Metcalf, hell, even Greg Olson's come in and played you well. You're going to
1: get Jamal Adams back on that defense, and that defense is going to be looking good, too. Also, you saw he missed this past week. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, though. He posted a video, or a picture, I'm sorry, of him standing with his hands behind his back with his helmet on as he's watching the game on TV. So he said even when he's off, he's still watching the game and, and in the zone. And the funny part about it, he actually posted the picture, then deleted it, and then posted another picture, and something that a lot of viewers caught on to, there was a joint in an ashtray on his table you could clearly see in the first picture. (laughs) Are you serious? Swear to God. Uh, And somebody must have mentioned it to him, because then he deleted it, put the same picture up, almost identical, but the ashtray was empty. Uh, But... You know, look like he's uh, rolling with them cones out there. Well, you're going to have Goodell saying, uh, "PP in a cup for me, please." I, I don't think that they, I don't think that's off limits now, right? When it comes to the oh, testing policy, I
0: don't think it is. I don't, I don't think, think
1: it is. I'm sure there's discouraged from smoking pot and, and having that out there and stuff, but I'd have to look into that that rule again. I think they're relaxing the rules on that, and they need to. They do, they do. Uh, but I forgot about the Bills, but we'll probably talk more about
0: them here in a minute. Let's go with the worst team. Uh, Ryan, who's your worst team? Uh, take your pick. Any of the New York teams other than the Bills. All right, that's a good one. I agree. Uh, I'm going to stick with one New York team, that's the Jets, because I-, I had a tie between the Jets and the Giants, but after watching the Thursday night snooze fest with the Broncos, the Broncos so totally depleted. They're on their third quarterback. I mean, for crying out loud, you figured. With at least one starting caliber quarterback and Sam Darnold, a halfway decent defense, they were they were pathetic. It's almost
1: uh, got to be almost Bortles' time out there too in uh, Denver. Yeah, you I figured, would think. Yeah, and those guys also looking pretty bad this year, right? Right, but
0: it's not their fault. It's just. Injuries has just played a really bad luck on them right
1: For now. For sure. But I mean, when it looks to the NFL draft, you, th- you expect those guys to be drafted really high up there, too. So they could definitely be on this list. But the Jets, man.
0: They're a fiasco right now. It, it's a shit show. It's, it's a sh- yeah. Welcome to the shit show, boys. But uh, surprising team. Like, we figured, you know, adding this on here would be pretty cool. Ryan, who's your surprise team?
1: Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they didn't surprise everybody else, but I've not bought a lot of the hype the past couple seasons. They had a great year last year, uh, okay. as far as Buffalo Bill standards goes. Um, you know, they didn't go to and lose a Super Bowl, but they did have a good season. And this year, just from what I've seen so far, and that's the next matchup with the Titans. Look, Josh Allen's pretty damn good, man, and and the addition of Diggs in that offense, Singletary's playing good. the they're playing some pretty good football there in Buffalo. They're better than I thought they would be. In the words of the great Chris Berman, nobody circles the wagons
0: like the Buffalo Bills. That's right. So um, I'm going to go with uh, the Bills were a surprise, but I was kind of down on this team at the beginning, but they've got it turned around right now. The Cleveland Browns have been my surprise team. You know, as last year, you know, with Freddie Kitchens as coach, total disaster last year. This year they actually got a coach – who knows what the hell he's doing? And it shows. You look at the Dallas game, this team looked like it was not a depressed team. It was not like a team forced together. This was a ball club that was having fun. having Just balling out there, just having fun.
1: Yeah, they looked really good this week, and they've shown some some bright spots. Definitely, definitely a better team and, and under better management, you can tell. And you know, they only had one way to go from Freddie Kitchens. But, yeah, I, I'm not as surprised. I thought they would be good, um, but... You know, I'll be surprised if Cleveland takes a step back from here. I expect those guys to keep getting better and better. Yeah, I mean,
0: and then also, they did lose Chubb to IR, but they said he's soon to be back in a couple of weeks. But uh, they got Kareem Hunt, and that dude can ball.
1: Yeah, he's playing really good too.
0: Yeah, so I mean, and then then there's something to prove. And there's a Johnson kid, I forget his first name, DeAndre Johnson or something like that. I probably jacked it up. But he also had a good game, too. So, I mean, they're loaded with talent. They can get it done. But it would be interesting to see what they do against Pittsburgh and their second matchup against Baltimore. So, that's when we're going to really see more about the Cleveland Browns. All right, disappointing team so far.
1: Uh, The D in Dallas, for me. We've mentioned it already. But, you know, you see what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. And defensively, they're just terrible. Um, they, they can't stop a nosebleed out there. And, look, that defense needs help. Uh, they, they need to do something with the coordinator. They need to bring in talent. Whatever they need to do, they need to help that offense out, though, in Dallas. They do. I
0: mean, absolutely. Dallas is a good one. And guess what? That is also my team. When you have a good coach coming in, you changed over from uh, uh, Jason Garrett,
1: and you get McCarthy, who is a championship coach. It's not a very exciting hire either, though, right? Mike McCarthy. If I was a Dallas fan, when you bring him in, it's like it's an upgrade over Garrett. But, man, you couldn't do better than Mike McCarthy. Well, I mean, I think... Bring me a
0: young offensive mind. For my offensive mind, maybe, but all the good ones are taken right now. Maybe. Maybe, I mean... But I feel like Dallas is a disappointment. But the scary thing is... They are still I think they're like tied for second in a bad division, so I mean they got a chance to turn it around. They got the offense to score with anybody,
1: but if that defense
0: doesn't step up, they ain't going anywhere.
1: yeah, well, you mentioned the NFC East a combined record three twelve and one uh things not looking so hot there, so a team has to come out of there and make the playoffs. You imagine it's got to be the Cowboys, right?
0: Somebody's got to win it. Somebody's got to win it. Somebody's got to win it. All right. We did say best team. Let's go with the MVP. Who is the MVP of the first quarter
1: so far? So my surprising team was the Buffalo Bills, and uh, this is the quarterback of that team. I'd say Josh Allen. Josh Allen, uh, what he's doing for Buffalo has been tremendous so far. I mean, you look at just some of the numbers there. And Josh Allen, one oh five of one forty eight, thirteen twenty six. Right, so that's respectable. But twelve touchdowns, only one pick. You know, and he and he's getting He's got eighty three yards on the ground. To add to that, so he's he's not like he's running all over anybody. But he's shown that he's got the athleticism to do it when he needs to. Right. He's playing good football. Absolutely. I got to hand it to the guy.
0: Absolutely, I agree with you. That's a good pick. Mine's Aaron Rodgers, man. The reason, I mean, I like your pick, Josh Allen, but I feel like he's got great talent around him as far as Stephon Diggs is a great lead on that. And then you also got uh, uh, Josh Brown, Devin Singletary. But other than the running backs back with Green Bay, you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, the receiving core is a complete joke. And Aaron Rodgers is making them look like pro bowlers out there. And you mentioned there was a tight end that caught three touchdown passes we can't even say his name. No disrespect intended, but this guy, we never even heard of before this game.
1: You're Forgetting about Devontae Adams. Like, Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in but the league. But he's not played, though. He's not played in the last two weeks. Right, he's been hurt, but he does have him. And I'd imagine Aaron Rodgers does create names out of no names when it comes to receivers out there, too. They definitely, we've talked about this here, too. Uh, they need to put more talent around him for sure. Yeah. But you know, when you argue that it's tough. You know, they added Diggs out there in Buffalo, but I would not def I wouldn't call that a hotbed of talent by any means. Well, it's better talent than what Green Bay's got it's on arguable. the core. It's arguable. I mean
0: Beasley, uh Brown and A little more proven talent there. I'd yeah. say that with Beasley. Yeah, I mean it's just
1: you look at that depth, Buffalo's got that in spades over Green Bay. But Diggs, you you add him into the mix, that offense has been lightening up.
0: Okay. But I, I think Aaron Rodgers right now is the MVP as far the team's 4-0 and clicking all cylinders. I think it's – when you have a running game like that, it makes it easier on your life a little bit.
1: Yeah, no argument for me, man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looking good too. 13 touchdowns, no picks, over 1,200 yards through the air. So looking good. So we got the MVP.
0: Now we got the disappointing player, the dud player of the first quarter. Which player has disappointed you so far?
1: I would say Julio Jones. Okay. I mean, I'm not an Atlanta fan. I don't have him on any fantasy teams. Uh, But if I did, I would certainly be disappointed. But Julio Jones, not really, you know, lighting the world on fire as far as that goes, right? I mean, he's not. I mean, of course, he's
0: battling a hamstring injury. But, you know, Calvin really is kind of making his name on the team right now. The other Bama boy, I mean, he is doing some good things, too. I mean... I I think this is the first time in his career, that Julio Jones's career, kind of looking over his shoulder because there's another playmaking receiver, and I think he ain't got no problem with it. But it's just, it's not all Julio
1: like it's been in years past. I mean, so far for Julio Jones, not real impressive numbers by any means. He's been targeted 20 times. He's caught 15 of those, 213 yards, zero touchdowns. Mm, that's, that's not going to get it done. Zero touchdowns. So, I mean, as far as, especially if you're a fantasy owner, not great. Something's definitely wrong. He's not 100% Julio, right? Like, And Calvin Ridley's been benefiting from all the double teams that you've got to throw at Julio, too, because but, you've got to respect that talent. And you expect Julio to, to definitely come on stronger than what he's shown so far. But, man, Atlanta is just, things are looking rough down there for those guys. And Julio Jones has been, I guess, if I had to pick one disappointing player, um, it's going to be Julio. Yeah, as far as caliber player that like he is, yeah, that's a disappointment.
0: Another disappointment, Carson wins. He's not playing good. Yeah, he's got seven interceptions, leads, leads the league right now, tied with the Sean Watson of being sacked and is third in sack yards. Yikes. So, I mean, with the combination of a line being porous, I mean, Lane Johnson can't, Stay in a lineup so long because he keeps getting hurt. He's their best lineman. The run running... needs to get back on some of those roids. Yeah, he might need to. And then a run. And then the running backs. Miles Sanders can't stay healthy enough. I mean, you got Corey Clement back there. Alshon Jeffrey's not even played. Yeah, I mean the receiving core. I mean, Hurts is your best target, and you still can't make it work. I mean, I think I think the Eagles have got a ton of problems, and there's some Eagles fans calling for Jalen Hurts numbers to come and start for him, which is ridiculous, Probably a ludicrous, ludicrous, you just paid this dude so much daggum money, why would you want him sit on the bench, you're going to have struggles, I mean, the, when we come and have our second quarter awards, he could have be blowing away, you know, be blowing everything away by then, I mean, this is just the first four games, folks, calm down. Of course, I'm a Titans fan. Last year, I was calling for Mariota's head on the platter, but that still is beyond the point.
1: Carson Wentz is an all-around athlete. I think this is more on the coaching, man. I really do. Yeah, you have presented more of an argument than you really even needed. Carson Wentz, I think, would go on anybody's list right now, most disappointing players in the league. Uh, Eagles offense playing like trash right now. They got their first win uh, this past week, but, you know, that over a beat-up 49ers team. I think Philly fans are idiots, though. That's why I'm saying they're
0: idiots. I mean, what makes you think a $100 million man and starting a rookie over him because because he has four subpar games? Folks, you're leading the NFC East right now. The most
1: popular man in any stadium when you're down in a game is always the backup quarterback. Man, definitely in Philly, that's for sure. All right,
0: let's talk about the divisions. So, Ryan, let's go with the best division. Who you got?
1: I think the NFC West. It's a good one. Seattle, uh the LA Rams out there, you got Arizona and you got the 49ers, all those teams especially at full health very respectable. Uh I just think overall it's the most competitive and I think the next closest one to that in my opinion uh would be the NFC South. NFC South, yeah,
0: that's a good one. Uh I'm going to stick with the AFC uh, AFC North. I'm gonna st- uh, okay. I think Baltimore, as you know, you're going to get what you get out of Baltimore, but I think now we're seeing Pittsburgh starting to hit their stride with Big Ben back. The offense is is, is brand new again, like other than last year. Last year they were trash because Big Ben wasn't there. Now you got him back. Schuster's, um, you know, back at full health again. You got James Conner actually running the ball a lot better. Deontay Johnson, the new receiver on the outside, a speedster. So I mean and also the defense seems like they're catching a little bit of a swag a little bit.
1: We'll see how long until uh, Big Ben's in a walking boot.
0: Yeah, that's true. It, it all depends on Big Ben what he what, what happens to him. Another team, and I mentioned them as my surprise team, Cleveland Browns. they're starting to hit their stride a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. Now if they can on their second matchup against Baltimore, we're going to see a lot about this team. We're going to see if they re- truly had a fluke week one and can actually compete in this division. We'll see. And, it, I mean, hell, the Cincinnati Bengals have been at least a little bit entertaining so far with Joe
1: Burrow. Number one overall pick. Yeah. They got Higgins, who's actually getting some work. Um, their draft pick there out of Clemson. Boyd. I thought was one of my favorite receivers yeah. in the draft. And They get to pair him with Burrow. Uh, you're not going to see a ton out of them this year. They got the win this week. I don't expect many of those uh, as far as this season. But they're competing. They're oh having, for sure. And you look at at least team. three out of those four teams. You expect those quarterbacks to be there probably for a while, holding things down in that division. The one question mark: How long is Big Ben going to play? And then who are they eventually going to bring in there to add to compete with those guys? But when you look at this season, uh, AFC North definitely a competitive division. Yeah, it's a fun to compete
0: uh, division there. Uh, Worst division.
1: Worst division. I think me and you can agree on this one. Um I'm guessing you're gonna say the NFC East. You are correct the mundo, my friend. Three twelve and one. We mentioned it. Things looking rough. When for is it anybody out there? Philly, Washington, Dallas, the New York Giants. Um you know, not not great to be a fan of any of those teams right now.
0: Fun fact. The lead has changed out of the last four weeks,
1: three times, three different teams. Hey. That's crazy. Coming up this week, too, we have the Cowboys and the Giants that play. So one of those guys has to get at least one more win. They could tie.
0: Somebody's got to win it. Somebody's got to. It's ridiculous, man. The NFC East has always been like this for the last 10 years.
1: The winner of that has always been 9-7 and seven and 8-8. Eight and eight. They've been pretty bad. It's um. been stinking bad. Usually it's because they beat each other up a little bit. That's not the case this year. Yeah, and
0: that's what the excuse they make. It's like, oh, it's the Cowboys and Eagles and Giants. These are all great teams because of their name, not because of their actually good teams.
1: I expect Philly and Dallas to actually compete for this. You would expect with the way that offense is rolling, if they can figure anything out defensively, Dallas has to win this. They have to. There is no, well, maybe we went, no, you got you a new coach.
0: You've got a great offense, you just need to improve that defense. There's no excuse. they got to win this. That's right. All right, Ryan, we're going to go into our breakdown and predictions, and we'll talk about a little bit about the odds. Ryan, I guess we'll go ahead and talk about some uh, SEC week three matchups, and we got some other notable games we'll add in there as well. We'll start with Missouri at LSU. Missouri uh, LSU is a 20-and-a-half point favorite.
1: Missouri at LSU, I expect LSU, you know, tough though, right? Because, I mean, you look at the way, just looking at matchups, LSU loses to Mississippi State, right? Right. And, and Mississippi State, you see what happened to them this past week. Missouri, though, I don't expect them to be able to compete in this game. 20, having to win by 21 points, three touchdowns, pretty big line. I would expect LSU to cover, though. i I don't think they'll cover. I think they'll win by 14. It's in Death Valley.
0: It is in Death Valley, but so was the Mississippi State game. And they were a 17-point favorite in that game. So, I'm going to say LSU wins, but not as much as they're saying right here. So, they don't meet the spread. Uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. This is going to be a fun one right here, Ryan. This is going to be fun. And Kentucky is a three-point favorite. That's a – oof. I don't know about that one. Bounce-back game for Leach and the boys, Mississippi State. I agree. I think I think they will light up Kentucky. I mean, if Ole Miss can put up almost 400 yards against Kentucky, expect a lot more from Mississippi State. So I'm going to say the dogs get it done over the cats. Um, Lane Train comes back home, and what's going to be waiting for him? That old ball coach down there in Tuscaloosa. So it's going to be a matchup between Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin. Alabama will be coming to Ole Miss, and they are a 24-point favorite. What do you think of
1: that, Ryan? Alabama at Ole Miss, um, tough to argue. Lane Kiffin, though, not too far separated from being there on the sideline with Nick Saban and those boys there at Alabama. I expect this to be more competitive uh, than a 24-point line. I would not take I, – I, I wouldn't want to bet this line regardless. Uh, if I had to, though, give me the points and take Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I agree. I think
0: I'd take the points there. I think uh... – I think Alabama will beat them. Absolutely. Um, I've, here's my upset of the week. I got my upset of the week right here. Okay. Arkansas at Auburn. All right, Auburn got their breaks beat off them by Georgia. Arkansas came off a big win, finally got their conference win, and that horrible streak, of two-year streak of not winning an SEC game. Got a little momentum. Philippe Franks had a good game last week, running the football Passing the football. I think Auburn comes down with a little letdown. They're actually a 16 and a half point favorite. I think Arkansas upsets.
1: Ooh, you think Felipe gets it done at Auburn? I think Auburn, look, they're going to be fired up after that game. I may pick them here and they may, you know, have another dud, but I think Arkansas comes back down to earth. I think Auburn, you know, pulls themselves back out of the ashes here, figures things out, covers. Uh, even that 16 and a half point spread. Okay. Snooze Fest of the week. South Carolina at Vanderbilt.
0: South Carolina, 12 point favorite. I think South Carolina covers. Yeah, I think they cover, and I think they'll beat Vanderbilt. No other discussion. Now not a that. big believer in that Vanderbilt team. No, not either. Uh, a good top 25 matchup. Texas AM came off a horrible loss, so they come back home, and awaiting them, the Florida Gators, led by a
1: hot Quarterback in Kyle Trask. At yeah, Texas A&M, still going to be pretty raw from that Alabama game last week. 52-24, to 24, uh, they lost in that one. Florida looks like they're rolling. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of a homer when it comes to that, but I expect Florida to easily, easily cover. Uh, I bet they double this spread when it comes to 6.5. Absolutely. So you bet? Yeah. Yeah, put your money on Florida here only uh, if you like winning money. Okay. Uh, Tennessee at Georgia. So we're going to, so they're going to have to travel
0: between the hedges and Georgia is a 14 point favorite. What you got?
1: What do you think my pick is here, Chuck? I, I want you to tell me. Just honestly. I'm gonna, and, and just honestly, when it comes to it, there's no way I could put my money on Tennessee here. 14 points. It's a lot. Two touchdowns, right? Got to score more than that. Right? You got to, got to win by 15 here. I had myself a heart-to-heart. I had to do a little soul-searching.
0: My fan my and my sports self had a good talking. And I said, self, you bet your ass we're beating Georgia this week. So, yes, we will beat Georgia this so week. So,
1: if you were, say somebody said, all right, Chuck, put your house on it. Who are you betting this week with a 14-point spread if you had to put your house on it? I'm picking Tennessee. You think Tennessee can figure that out and you got that much confidence in the boys to not leave you homeless? If we, yes, I do. If we can run the football like we did last week,
0: keep that ball out of Georgia's hands and play stout defense, we're there. We're beating them.
1: Brother, if you need a place to stay, let me know.
0: My wife will kill me. (laughs) She will divorce me. And I yeah. have to come live with you then. But, yeah, but I don't uh, know,
1: man. It's a lot. Again, two touchdowns in the SEC. Tennessee's playing good. Guarantano, give him credit. He played good this past Saturday. So I mean, we're gonna like, we're gonna see what Tennessee's really made of yeah, after very this. Very true. Litmus test coming up. Look, very. I would love to see Georgia go down in this game. I just
0: well for your sake, because of Florida's race for the SEC East. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I can't see it happening. But. Other notable games, we only added two: uh, the Red River Rivalry, Texas and Oklahoma both came off bad losses Very this true. week, and pretty much the Pac twelve, the Big 12's national championship hopes are dead and gone at this mm. point. So, but it's still a fun rivalry game. Oklahoma is a two and a half point favorite.
1: I'm picking Texas. I think Texas ride with Ellinger.
0: Uh, you got to ride with Ellinger because the Rattler kid, as good a plays he makes. Turns over the ball a lot. He had four turnovers against Iowa State. I mean, for crying out loud, it just seems like Oklahoma's a little more out of disarray. Texas gets it done here and wins a Red River River rivalry. Another good one in the ACC. This is probably for the face of the ACC at this point. The U, the Miami Hurricanes, will travel down to Death Valley to play the Clemson Tigers. And Clemson is a 15-point favorite.
1: Ooh. Clemson, uh, Miami's playing good. Uh, they've got that. Uh, they been passing that turnover chain a, a, around quite a bit. They're on the sideline, right? They've been playing really good. Um, probably ahead of what a lot of folks thought when it comes to rebuilding their at Miami because they've not had the greatest seasons the last little bit. Uh, but I don't think that they can hang with Clemson. Even with a 15-point spread, got to win by more than two touchdowns. I, I think Clemson can easily do that. They can. Uh,
0: it's the same thing with Tennessee. We're going to learn a lot about this Miami team against a top-caliber team in Clemson. But like I said, like you said, uh, Tyler, uh, Taylor, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to light them up, and I don't think Miami will get close to them. And I think they'll win by 20 points. I think they'll cover. So, Ryan, let's go to the NFL. Thursday night football This is a good one. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but uh, we got a good one Thursday. Better snoo better game than the snooze fest last Thursday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are on fire. Tampa Bay, I mean, uh, Tampa Bay. Tom Brady looked like his old self last week. Lighting it up. Plays a Chicago Bears, so he's going to face a stiffer defense.
1: Is this in Shel- Soldier Field?
0: This is at Soldier
1: Field. Don't know if fans are going to be there. So in Chicago, five. Uh, Five-and-a-half points is the okay. spread here Five according and a half, to this. 44. Um, so it's Tom Brady against Nick Foles. Rematch. Yes. I, I I think Tom Brady can easily cover that spread. The over-under is 44, and I, I, I think it's safe to go over that. I don't think it meets the spread. I think they win by two or three points. The
0: defense on Chicago alone will keep a in it, but I just don't see Foles pull another hat trick on Tom Brady again.
1: I don't know, man. I think Tom Brady's going to expose a lot of things in that Chicago secondary this week. Well, one thing's for sure. The
0: Tampa Bay Bucks are have got stuff figured out right now.
1: They sure do. They lost O.G. Howard. Got to figure it out there. Going to have to expect more out of Gronk. We'll yeah, see how they say, do that.
0: Old man Gronk's going to have to come out of the shed and really put some numbers up, man. He's going to have to. You got that right. So, here we go. Uh, the, uh, the Carolina Panthers, who have been winning here recently, they got a good win over Arizona. Face off against a faltering, the Atlanta Falcons. Until they win a game, I'm calling them the Falcons from now on. They're actually a a four-and-a-half-point
1: favorite with a 55 over and under. The Falcons are the favorite here? Yes. Okay. Uh, And I guess that's because they think Atlanta eventually going to win one of these. I'm not so sure, though. Take Carolina. If they're giving you points, if they're giving you four-and-a-half points, take Carolina 100%. Go ahead and bet that over of fifty five, even though it seems kind of high. I think it will be a shootout. Both defenses are kind of shallow in the in
0: the back in the defensive backfield a little bit. Expect a good game from Teddy Two Gloves. I see Matt Ryan and Ridley bouncing back and having great game to uh, this week. I think, but I think Carolina gets it done. I think they continue that win streak. Matt Rule and company get it done. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders go to Kansas City and play the world defending champions, Kansas City Chiefs, and they are a 12.5-point favorite, 56 over and under.
1: Hammer the over, take the Chiefs. Even with 12.5 points, I think they can get it done against Las Vegas. Absolutely. Uh, I've, yeah, I Yeah, I I was going to say something, but I don't think it doesn't
0: matter. Carr's not going to get it done enough. Uh, the only hope they have if they can run the football with Jacobs and keep it away from Mahomes, but that defense – is good enough to stop that run. I think the Chiefs meet go over that spread. I think they win by 17-18 points. Hmm. Are we on Marcus watch yet? Not yet. <laughs> I think he's still on IR. Is he is he hurt? Yeah, he I think he hurt his pec or something. And I'd be fine. I but I think it was 3 or 4 weeks ago which I think the in the limit like an IR for like 4 or 5 weeks before they come back with the new COVID thing. I'm not sure. But anyways, if it is, aloha, my friends. Come to take over that backfield. But we'll see. The L.A. Rams will be traveling to visit the WFT, which is the Washington football team. And they are nine-point favorites, forty-five and a half. the over and under.
1: Lost a lot of confidence in the Rams this past week and their performance in that game. Um, I would expect them to, to handily beat the Washington football team, though. Um you know I hate it for for Rivera I I wish the best for Ron Rivera and all that but this football team is not going to win too many games. I expect them to lose this one. I expect them to lose it by more than 9 points, so I would bet the Rams and I would also bet the over. True, true.
0: Uh yeah, I say the Rams roll on and continue to win and keep pace with the with the Seattle Seahawks. So, I'm with you there. Oh, uh, here's a good one. Jacksonville Jaguars will go to visit the Bill O'Brienless
1: Houston Texans. But you said this was a good one. This is a good one. Ugh. So, <laughs> when it comes to uh, quality of football, uh, obviously not.
0: Obviously not. Uh, I just like saying it's a good one because I like seeing both of these teams wallowing their self pity a little bit. But Houston is actually the favorite, six point favorite,
1: fifty four over and under, which is kind of high. Well, they just fired Bill O'Brien. They're fired up. They got to be pissed off for greatness. They got to go out here. They're going to win it. They're going to win it by double digits. Put your money on the Texans. Um, 54 points. You never want to bet the under. I'd be cautious about betting the over
0: here, though. Uh, You know who the head coach is now, right now? Romeo Cornell. Known to be a ground-and-pound defensive guy. Uh, I'd say Jacksonville wins. Okay, I Jacksonville think, wins it. I think. I think the misery continues for. Believe
1: in Gardner. I do. Okay, I do. Menchalmania.
0: mania. Well, Gardner Menchal, you know, has had a couple of bad games, but I think he gets back on track because his defense is trash. The so this
1: week, betting the house on Garoppolo. I'm sorry, on Garantano, and betting it right here on Gardner Men's Show.
0: Now, I didn't say I would bet the house, man, <laughs> because
1: if 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 uh, Garantano loses the house for me, why am I going to sell next, my car? I don't know. I also don't know why every time that I've messed up a name tonight, I've reverted to Jimmy Garoppolo. You got a love affair for the guy or something? Uh, I don't. Not, not that I knew of.
0: <laughs> but uh, let's continue on. We've got the Arizona Cardinals traveling to see the hapless New York Jets. Six-and-a-half point point favorite, 45-and-a-half over and under.
1: 47-and-a-half, I think, is what I see there. Yeah, Uh, 47. As far as the over-under. Take the Cardinals because the Jets are trash. Six-and-a-half points, not enough as far as the spread in this one. Uh, 47-and-a-half. I I think the Cards end up coming out here and, and having an offensive explosion. That's not saying much because, again, that Jets defense, not good. Not good by any stretch of the imagination. Go ahead and bet the over 47 and a half. I think they can. I think both these teams can can get that done. Mainly, though, that's going to be driven by the cards.
0: I totally agree. Nothing else to see here. (laughs) Uh, Philadelphia Eagles will travel down and face their in state rivals in the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Battle of Pennsylvania. Exactly. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are seven point favorites 45 over and under. Bet the Steelers, bet the over. All right, that's a good one. Cincinnati Bengals. We'll have to travel to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Tough test for Joe Burrow and company. 13.5-point underdogs to the Baltimore Ravens,
1: 51 over and under. Oof. It'd be very hard. It'd be foolish to bet the Cincinnati Bengals. It'd be fun to go out on a limb here. Uh, But, you know, I'm not calling coward, right? I'm not looking to to just raise eyebrows. And this one, you got to go ahead and got to go with. The Ravens, even with 13 and a 13-and-a-half-point spread, if you're betting this game, bet the Ravens, bet the over. I agree with you there. Hope Joel Burrow and company get it done, but uh they're not, I think the Ravens get it win. And expect Burrow to throw a, throw the ball a lot. A He's thrown the ball a lot for a rookie. Uh, and Uh Mixon's playing great. Maybe it's going to be more competitive than I'm letting on, and I hope that it is uh, for my enjoyment. But, again, if I'm a betting man. Bet the Ravens. Bet the over. All right. Good one there, Ryan uh here's another one Miami Dolphins at
0: San Francisco 49ers this could be an upset special mm. I'm not
1: putting my money anywhere near this game
0: and uh, so it's a uh, eight point uh underdogs
1: is the Miami Dolphins 47 over and under they're giving San Fran eight we just saw them lose to Philly Miami's a different story. But they got Fitzmagic, and maybe he's got something conjuring up down there. Give me Miami in this one. Maybe I'm crazy. I definitely am. Give me Miami. Give me the under in this one. I'm with you there, Ryan. I was going to pick Miami. I think uh,
0: San Francisco, even with Kittle back, still couldn't get it done against a troubled Eagles team. I expect the same thing. I think I think we're going to probably see two of this week. I think this is the toilet bowl of the week right here. It is, but uh, they said Fitz Magic's going to play – Another week, but it's only a matter of time before we see two out in that field. It's going to happen soon. Now, I think it might happen this week. Bring him on. Bring him on down. Uh, Denver Broncos. Oh, have to go face the New England Patriots, and they'll probably still be without Cam Newton at this time. So it'll be eleven and a half point spread for the favorite Patriots, forty-eight over and under.
1: I think the Patriots handle this with or without Cam. Uh again, this is another one. I don't want to put my money anywhere near this game. I don't really even want to watch this game if Cam Newton's not in it. But eleven and a half points, if you're if you have to bet it. Gun to the head, have to bet it. New England Patriots. Um I I wouldn't try to bet that over though. I mean, with these two teams, especially if there's no Cam, expect a lot of run in the football. I agree with you there, Ryan. Um a lot of de- a lot of running the football, great
0: defensive play from Belichick and Company. I can see just Broncos, even if Bortles come comes in and plays, no they're chance. gonna need Bortles. Bortles time in mile high, man. Oh goodness. Oh goodness gracious. Yeah, I agree. Uh so I think, yeah, New England Patriots roll on. So uh we also got the New York Jets visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Battle for first. Somebody's got to win it. So. I think
1: uh, Giants, New York Giants wow. at the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Really? No Saquon Barkley? I mean, Golden Tate's
1: there? You expect uh, Daniel Jones and company to get that done? No, I I was correcting you initially. You said the Jets.
0: Giants. Giants. Giants.
1: Giants. Either way you look at it, Chuck, both teams looking quite a bit alike right now, Right. Right. Hot garbage. Uh, No way I would pick the Giants over the Cowboys, even with a a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Cowboys have proved one thing this year. They can definitely score points. So uh, take the Cowboys in this one. Take the over. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Cleveland Browns, and they're
0: actually the favorite over the Browns. This is my pick of the week. I think, I think the Browns beat them and beat them soundly.
1: For sure. If they're giving you points to pick the Browns over the Colts, take it all day and take that 47-and-a-half point over.
0: Now, just to mention him real quick, uh, there is no
1: line for the Buffalo Bills and the
0: Titans. As you know, they're still up in the air with the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they say, I think they said by tomorrow when they get out the third, te- the third test and it's all negative, I think they'll release that line. So that's why we've not mentioned the Titans so far. But we'll go ahead and mention the matchup. Uh, Ryan, as you said, the Buffalo Bills are hot. They're the, probably the, one of the hotter teams in the league. But the Titans have been right there as well. Undefeated, baby. We're undefeated. So what you, if, if we play, what do you think is going to, going to happen?
1: I think we're going to be underprepared. I think this is this whole thing has been a distraction, whether you want to admit it or not. And we're going to be without guys. Uh, the Bills is a tough matchup to begin with. Look, man, it's that's a tough one to see us winning. I, I'm going to be totally honest.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, what I worry about the most is the defensive secondary. We're going to be without Fulton. Uh, we need badly Dory Jackson this
1: week. Well, you look at the matchup the past couple of years with the Bills too. This is the best team that they've brought into this matchup in a long time. And we've basically handed them the game the past couple of years. I can remember a drop in the end zone from Mariota. I can't even remember the cat's name, the white receiver that dropped that ball. Um, Also, last year, remember they came to Nashville. There was crazy fans all over downtown jumping through tables. I think some guy got paralyzed out there. They ended up coming in there. Ugly, ugly game. We hand that game to them. This one, look. We're going to have to fight to be in this one, I think. And the
0: only thing I hope that we do is ground and pound, run the football. And, I mean, if if Henry has to get the ball 35 times, let him get it 35 times. If it has to be 40, give it to him 40 times.
1: Look, I hope he don't see 40 carries, Chuck. But I'm with you. Look, if the Titans want to do one thing, it's run the football.
0: Well, we got to keep the ball away from that hot offense. Jo- the only way we beat Josh Allen and company –
1: it's to make sure his butt is on that sideline. We've got to win time of possession. I'm not giving him the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning treatment just yet. I'm not going that far as far as, you know, we've got to run the clock, keep him off on the sideline there. We've got to get a pass rush on the guy. we got to bring him down, that's for that's sure. That's what
0: worries me too. No Daquan Jones, no Jeffrey Simmons too, man. That's true. Who's going to go after him, man? I think Jeffrey, and especially Jeffrey Simmons, he's been the rock of our line so far, and he's not going to play. I hate to say it. I think we're going to lose this week. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to say it's going to be a very tough matchup. It's going to be very tough. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, prove me wrong. I'm not going to be that Titans fan that I've been in the past. Been saying, oh, typical Titans. Here we go. But we'll see. Back to the Sunday night matchup. The Minnesota Vikings got their first win last week. And what do they get this week? A red-hot Seattle Seahawks team.
1: They're playing in Seattle. Uh, Still no fans as far as I know up there. I'm not sure. Seven-point spread looks like as far as uh, Seattle favored over Minnesota. I think that's an easy bet. I think Seattle handles this game easily. I don't know if I'll say double digits, but they win by, you know, at least eight, right? And uh, with 58 being the over-under, Dalvin Cook's going to, I would imagine, still eat. Um, Take that. Take the 54-point over. Both of these teams, uh, they can score. That's for sure. We've seen that. Uh, but, yeah, I would think Seattle's going to win. Would not be afraid of this over.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's just like, it's like. oh, congratulations on you win this week. What's your reward? Play Seattle next week. The NFL for you. Sure is. Monday Night Football. The Los Angeles Chargers play at the New Orleans Saints. Ooh. And the Chargers have been fun to watch.
1: Justin Herbert drew Breeze matchup.
0: Oh. So it's like it's like an old matchup where Breeze plays the team that he played first with before he went to the Saints.
1: The team that gave up on his rotator cuff, I believe.
0: Oh man. How many how many times do you think they regret letting go of Breeze? Many, many times.
1: I think I would have rather had Breeze for uh, this entire time rather than having Phil Rivers there. Although, I know Phil Rivers, probably a lot of Phil Rivers fans still there in San Diego. They they are. But
0: he's going to continue to break their hearts in, in L.A. now. But I'm sure there's hardcore Charger fans either way. He's going to continue to break their hearts because I think the New Orleans Saints
1: roll on. Yeah, it'd be tough to pick against the Saints in this one. It's obvious, you know, Drew Breeze... A lot of people doubting him a little bit right now as far as you know his his physical abilities and showing that you know maybe he's losing a step or losing a, a little bit there um with age which happens it does put some respect on the guy though he definitely misses Michael Thomas right now he does and, and he's really leaning on Alvin Kamara as a crutch in and an offense he is falling out and
0: Latavius Murray had a good game so I mean they got a decent running game to carry it Michael Thomas is back he's going to be back any week now
1: yeah and I think he could be back this week too I'm optimistic because I've got him in a league but uh yeah I think the the Saints obviously if you're if you're betting money on this game put it on the Saints put it on the over both these teams again showing uh, they can score points right Well, Ryan, that's it for the week five
0: and week five NFL matchups and the SEC matchups and college football. Let's go ahead and get to the closing thoughts. Um, Mind if I start it out, Ryan?
1: Go right ahead, sir.
0: All right. My closing thoughts is today we lost a true legend of rock and roll. Eddie Van Halen. I remember growing up, my dad had the CD in his black Toyota truck when he picked me up from school. And it was Van Halen, Greatest Hits of All Time. And I remember the opening of that CD. It was the Volcano Eruption soundtrack, which was just him riffing and just playing the heck out of that guitar. And it was just for a minute. But it was the greatest minute I've ever heard on a guitar. And I asked my dad, Dad, what is that? Who is playing that? It's like son, that's Eddie Van Halen, and Eddie, and I've grown to know Eddie the Van Halen band because you hear "Running with the Devil," um, uh, pretty they did "Pretty Woman" and uh, they did um, "Humans Being," which is a underrated good great song of mine. But one thing's for sure, you got consistent guitar play out of that guy, and he is without a doubt. One of the greatest guitarists to ever walk this earth. He is a rock god. So, rest in peace,
1: Eddie Van Halen. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, you hate to hear that, man. Yeah, he was a true, true rock and roll god. For sure. Very good, Chuck. But, Ryan, you got anything to add, brother? And all I've got is uh, you know, fingers crossed, toes crossed, eyes crossed, anything else we need, uh help this NFL season continue without any more uh I've got that clint factor going off. Clinch
0: factor going on right now. Just hold it on I'm like please Please, Titans, please, Titan, just get through this one more day, and we get back to yes, practicing. No more COVID
1: results there. I wanted the Titans oh. to get back on the. I just want the NFL schedule to just to continue on without any other speed bumps. Absolutely. Look, I, you know, I'm just ready to stop saying the word COVID and face mask and everything else, and you know, for things to get back to normal. Amen right. To that, In the brother. meantime, I hope these sports can keep going. Um, you know, it's going to be good to see the Titans get back on the field. I'm glad that we're still so wrapped up in sports. Again, we've got this NBA Finals game, 63-62 right now, um, LA over Miami. We'll see how this pans out. By the time you're hearing this, we've got a winner. So interested to see how this goes. hope this thing expands and we can see a little bit more to this series. Um, but look, man, look, overall, still just grateful that we got sports. Hopefully they can continue. You know, just happy to be here. Absolutely, and if you're on YouTube, anytime subscribe
0: and like our content. And uh, anytime we put up a video, we'll let you it will let you know. And also, we got a Facebook page. Continue to like. We've seen an instant rise of people starting to come into our content on Facebook. Continue to like our content on Facebook. We got Twitter, and our Twitter handle is Run and Shoot Pod One. That is the at Run and Shoot Pod One. So we've got all three phases. Visit all of them. Come see us. If you want to tweet us, tweet us out anytime you want to. We're going to have fun doing it. All right, folks. Ryan, if you don't mind, I'm going to close us out of here, man. Close us out, Chuck. All right, I'm Chuck. I'm Ryan. And this has been the Run and Shoot Podcast, episode 14. Until next time, we'll see you for number 15. And hopefully, we will say Titans win. the Buffalo Bills. But it all depends on tomorrow. Until next time, folks. See you later. Peace out.